0: time. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the
1: Hang Time Podcast. Play Thompson, one half of the dubious splash. I want
2: to confirm something. You put a fortune in a cookie. What did you write on the fortune?
1: I put 73 and nine. If it's right there for us, why not?
3: With your hosts, Sekou Smith, Lang Whitaker,
1: and Rick Fox. Man, we don't do second place. We've <laughs> <Is that laughs> second do- place
3: two
2: years in a row. You did 28th place this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I like to stir things up from time to time.
1: <laughs> Couldn't let Jerry Stackhouse make it through the building without stopping and hollering
2: at us. What's been the hardest adjustment for you to make to becoming a coach? Not wanting to go out there and get 15. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now it's time for the tip-off.
1: Nothing like the Hang Time Podcast. Sekou Smith from the Hangtime blog at NBA.com. My main man, Lang Whitaker in New York. Yo. What's happening, sir? Uh, Rick Fox is somewhere in the wind today. I think he's, uh,
2: I know where he is, he's in the air. Yeah, he's in the air. He's on the way to to New York. Yeah,
1: he's in the air on his way to the Big Apple. Um we'll maybe talk about that later what he's got going on. But another week here on the Hang Time podcast checking out all things hoops and beyond. Um we got our main man David Aldrich, uh the Hall, the Hall of, of Famer.
2: Hall of Famer David Aldrich. The Hall if, of
1: Famer David Aldrich. That's sweet that you can have that attached to your name.
2: You know when we got like nominated for a uh what was it, a Webby a couple years ago for the podcast. So ever since then, I've been calling us the the, – Webby nominated? Just the award nominated. (laughs) If I ever get nominated for any kind of Hall of Fame, you better believe I'm going to make people call me the the Hall of Famer. (laughs) The Hall of Fame nominated. Whatever it is,
1: you're going to make sure people know it?
2: Yeah, I'm going to put it on my card. Like it's – it'll be on my Twitter handle. Listen,
1: that's that's an unbelievable thing, though, to be able to legitimately have Hall of Famer on your name. Like our man – David Aldridge, the Kirk Gowdy Media Award winner this year at the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame. D.A., how are you, sir? You you Hall of Famer, you?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 What's up, fellas? What's Did going you?
1: on, man? I, listen, I know it's been a, a wild and crazy summer for you, um, from all of us finishing up the NBA season at the finals to a crazy free agent summer, you know, with Kevin Durant and all these other guys changing locations, the Olympics, um, have you had a chance to catch a breath from all this stuff coming at you, like you did? Plus, like I said, the Hall of Fame and in such a momentous occasion like that.
0: Well, I was able to um, get get some time off uh, after the Olympics, mm-hmm. so that was a couple of weeks ago. Um, did have to did do the, the Hall of Fame last week, um, but um, you know, as a as a participant was <laughs> one time um, it was a little little less hectic, um, right. so I've had a little downtime over a couple of weeks. Uh, it's amazing to me, like you know, camp sort of starting in oh. less than two weeks. It's incredible; I can't even believe it. But here we are again, fellas, getting ready to knock this thing off again. Oh,
1: I know. It's it's like it. I tell people all the time. They ask me, "What well, what are you doing in the off season?" I'm like, "What off season?" There used to yeah. be one. There is no off season anymore. Right. Uh,
2: right. D.A., what was it? Yeah. What was it like for you having having covered Hall of Fame weekends in the past to to be on the inside and see it from that that perspective?
0: I mean, it was a little different. You know, I mean, it was it was a little different um, to uh, um, be involved in the, in the participation. I mean. You know, almost always you do the the press conference on Thursday. You spend time with people during the week. Friday, you go to the ceremony. You try to catch people um, when you can on Friday, and then you write all weekend. right? I mean, that's what we all do. So um, I wasn't able to – you know, I didn't do that this year. Um, From that standpoint, it was was good to be able to kind of sit down and and talk. I had had a great talk on – Friday morning with Sam Jones and with uh, Tiny Archibald, and they were just telling stories. It was just terrific. That was that part was great. Um, getting to, to talk to um, the all, some of the guys that are in the Hall of Fame, and, and you know, just listening to them talk about the league and, and things that they saw and have seen over the years. So that part was great. Without Paul once having a tape recorder or you know, no pad <laughs> out, um, that was fun. Um, you know, and then the, you know the. The whole night on thursday was just was just spectacular with having family. my dad was able to come up and that awesome. was that meant a lot to me and so um, that was really that was really wonderful All of that was wonderful um and to go on with such a great class i mean just i mean the speeches on friday were just were just terrific they were all yeah. great speeches the out speech was, was terrific, you know. Iverson, I think, is still talking, right? I mean, he's still. <laughs> still thanking people. <laughs> yeah, still thanking thinking, Pack and Biggie. And it's just unbelievable. And, and then, you know, Shaq was just, was Shaq. I mean, he was great. So, I mean, that was just, it was it was tremendous. It was a great, great weekend, and I was delighted to be a part of it. Yeah.
2: My favorite thing about Shaq's speech was he low-key, he thanked two different restaurants
1: during his speech. <laughs> Right. Well, I, my wife right. was asking I mean, me how many kids uh, Alan Iverson has. She was like, "How many kids does he have?" Because he was thanking all his kids, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, you know, take it take it easy. Asking those kinds of questions, right?" <laughs> <laughs> um, da, yeah. you get a chance to be around those guys, but a, and and reflect on obviously the great history of the game, and it it kind of dawned on me earlier this summer, you know, just where we are in terms of the the real history of the league. And it seemed like this is a real a marked change when Kobe leaves the game. You know, Shaq is going to the Hall of Fame. That era, you know, you, you when do we close the door on one era and open the door on another officially? And it just seems like this, this felt like a transformative summer. KD leaving the Thunder to go to, you know, to go to Golden State. It just feels like we're getting ready to start a new stretch for whatever reason of the league's history. And I'm wondering, what does it look like to you now compared to when you first came into, you know, broke into covering the league? Like, does it seem as different to you as it does to me, just the entire fabric of the league, the, you know, the, the way players are, are, are moving around all of it. Just, there's so much change. It seems to me. No,
0: no question. I mean, there's no question. It just, I mean, we have to, I mean, you do have to have some context to it. I mean, they couldn't (laughs)
3: leave
0: 30 years ago. I mean, there was almost no free agency thirty years ago, at least no meaningful free agency. I mean, there were off—you know—the offer sheet was the big thing. I, when I first started covering the league, this will tell you how long ago this was. <laughs> the league was stood on its head because John Conkak got a six-year deal worth twelve million dollars.
2: Right. <laughs> Don't remind me. of that. you
0: fuck, <laughs> You thought the world would have come to an end, right? Yeah. You know, and everybody thought this was insane. How can you give John Conkak $12 million? That's, that's crazy. You know, the Bullets gave Mark Price an offer sheet of five years and $5 million. And I remember Stan Casting just screaming about it on the phone. And he didn't wasn't even involved in it at all. You know, he's just like, what is going on with this league? You know? Um, and so. The money has gotten so ridiculous, but the movement is is the big thing because it just wasn't much movement back then, right. you know. And so, you you know, a guy was there and he was just there until the team traded him, you know, or, or didn't or or didn't resign him, you know. And that was, you know, you could count on a guy being on his team. He was a good player, especially. I mean, he was there. He was just going to be there. Nobody thought. I mean, nobody seriously thought. Ever, I don't remember ever giving any real consideration to the idea of Michael Jordan leaving the Bulls or Magic leaving the Lakers. I mean I know, right. you know I didn't it wasn't even or Larry Bird leaving the Celtics. He just didn't even it wasn't even like possible. You know, I mean, it wasn't yeah. even <laughs> spent any time thinking about. It. You didn't you didn't speculate on it. It wasn't anything like you you knew their contract was coming up, but the assumption was their team will give them a new contract for more money and they'd go on and keep playing. And that's what happened in most cases. So, um, so that part is, is certainly different. There's no question that, that the movement of players is different. The money is obviously much different than it was um, when I started covering the league and that's created its own separate challenges. Um, and the media has gotten much bigger. I mean, when I, I mean I, I sound like an old man, but when I, when I was covering the bullets, I mean, you know, it was it was three people on the beat. That was it. There was three right. reporters. That was it. And two of, and most of the time, they did. The other two papers didn't travel. Right. So it was me and the radio guy. I mean, that was <laughs> that was it. I mean, I would have breakfast with him. I had dinner with him. I don't because it was just the two of us. It was nobody else. There was no other media. That was it, you know. So um, and so now everybody had dozens of people that are at least covering them at home, and so it, it just the proliferation of media and and the the uh, I think the the players kind of taking control of their own media messaging through players' tribune and all these mm-hmm. other things has um, it, definitely changed the landscape. So again, I'm I, I don't want to. It's not all bad, you know. I wish there were some things that weren't that were the way they used to be, but some of the things, some of the things that used to be weren't good either. So this is better. Some of the things are better now, sir. So, um, but um, you know, they're, they're, it's certainly a much different league than when I first started covering it.
2: What, what is what is to that end, David? What what is one? Just give us one thing that um, makes your makes your job easier now than than when you first started covering the league.
0: Oh, I think one thing that's easier, I guess, is you don't have to – there's very little financially that's not available, at least in terms of the players. You still don't know what the owners are making every year, but (laughs) – But uh, with the players, I mean, that used to be a very used to be very hard to find out what players are making. I mean, it was you had to really work sources to find out what somebody's contract was. Huh. Um, you know, a veteran guy getting a new contract—it was not something that was kind of easily accessible to everybody. And now, it's, I mean, everybody seems to have the numbers. That's not something you even really worry about. I mean, that just sort of happens within a few minutes, and everybody's got the deal, and it's not. That does not uh, take up as nearly as much as your time as it used to. Um, that's
3: interesting.
0: So, from that standpoint, I think that that's certainly easier. Um, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think the access is easier, but it's also harder for the yeah. mm-hmm. for the superstars. I mean, you remember. I'm sure you guys remember. I mean, it was not. It was not, you talked to Jordan and Magic and you didn't, Bird not as much, but you could still get him. I mean, if you really needed him, you could get him. Isaiah was always accessible um, before games. Um, but I do think it, it's, it, in some ways, it's easier because, again, because of the social media aspect. Mm-hmm. all these guys are on twitter now so I mean, <laughs> you know if they follow you i mean it, you can easily you can get the guys a, some guys a lot easier now so um yeah. so that part has kind of changed a little bit um and i certainly think uh, statistically you know the explosion in data yeah um you know again some good some bad but but it does i think overall help you i think it does kind of give you a little bit more um, of an accurate assessment of of what a guy is doing on a floor, other than just kind of your hunch and your your gut, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or, or your eyes, you know, your eyes can tell you some things, but there's some things maybe they can't tell you. So, um, so that, those things are, I think, easier than than when I first started covering the league.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Da, what's your take on? And I think this, Lang, you'd agree with me that all of this kind of came to you know bubbled up and came to a point with the NBA players at the Espies, LeBron uh, Carmelo Dwayne Wade and uh, Chris Paul you know talking about police brutality and now there's kind of been this return to athlete activism all of a sudden with Colin Kaepernick and other NFL players stepping into this mix in in a discussion you know starting about not only the protests and what they're protesting about but patriotism and where athletes fit on this in this whole thing, I didn't notice D. A. and Lang until earlier today, until somebody brought this to my attention. That prior to 2009, NFL players weren't even on the field when the national anthem was played because right. they used to be in the locker room when this happened. What and I asked this to both you guys, D. A. both D. A. and Lang. What's what's your take on athlete activism and its place in in the NBA today in the sports world, and, and what kind of Conversation or dialogue that is sparking right now?
0: Oh, I think it's great. I think it's great. I, 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 I don't think there's any downside to this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I know that you know, <laughs> you know. It's almost a cliche now. Stick to sports. I know a lot of people right. they want they want us to stick to sports. They want athletes to stick to sports. But, you know, that's not really their call. Right. So, I mean, you know, so I, I would, you know, I, I think an athlete has every right, as long as they're informed about what they're talking about, mm-hmm. um, they have every right to, to express an opinion about things other than sports. And so I think it's great that they're doing it. I think it's great to have this dialogue. I, I don't expect or want everyone to agree with everything that every athlete says mm-hmm. I don't want or expect them to agree with everything that I say. That's the whole point. Right. You know, these sorts of things should be uncomfortable conversations. That's how you get change when people are uncomfortable. <laughs> um, that's why I'm a big believer in, I mean, it's kind of, It's a totally different point, but I believe, that's why I think you should have a GM and a coach. I don't think one person should have all the control because I think you need creative tension in a room. You need somebody else to say, no, that's not right. Here's why, <laughs> you know, and so you, you need that in this area too. And I think that that helps. It helps to hear different points of view. I don't know why anybody would be intimidated or afraid of that. It's okay to disagree, um, as long as you do it respectfully. That's all the problem I have with with the dialogue is that it continually gets dumbed down on Twitter yeah, with people right. hiding behind an egg, you know, dropping epithets and racial slurs to people who, with whom they disagree about something. And that's where that's where I that's what I have a problem with. Um, it would be I have no problem with someone saying I just really do not believe that, you know, doing something on 9-11 is appropriate. That's okay. We can have a discussion about that, and you may disagree, or you may agree with that. That's okay, um, but do it respectfully. So I'm okay with that. Um, and so I have no problem with athletes doing it. I'm glad to see them do it. I'm glad to see them uh, be willing to lose endorsements, that Brandon Marshall already has, yeah. um, to, to, to take a stand on something they really believe in. I don't care what you believe in as long as you really believe in it, <laughs> you know? So, you know, it's okay. We can have a, we can have a discussion about it. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's worth having. and It's okay to have them. Um, and, and so, you know, good for Carmelo. Um, I'm especially happy that Carmelo's doing it because he was one of the guys during the lockout in, in 2011 that really kind of didn't want to have that discussion. And I'm glad that for whatever reason he's changed his mind, and he's willing now to 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 uh, you know speak out on things.
2: Good for him. I, I think that the one thing you mentioned, I don't, I, I agree with you 100, percent David. I think the one thing you said in there that um, I, I think we should underline is the 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 a lot of these opinions that we're hearing now are very informed, and the guys have taken the time to learn the issues and, and learn a lot of the things. Um, around the the bigger picture of it before they speak. And some of these opinions and and things that we've heard the last couple of weeks have been great from, from from Colin Kaepernick to Marshall to what Charles Woodson said on on Sunday countdown the other day. Um, I mean, these guys are, it's not just shooting from the hip to pardon the expression. It's, it's clearly things that they've learned and and have spent a lot of time thinking about and, and, uh, and thought about. and, And it seems like something that they feel very, Invested in and, and care about, and it. it's not something. And I think that makes it something that's not going to go away after a week or two weeks. Um, it's going to be something that now that that as more and more guys start to pay attention to this and learn about it and and learn the issues, I think it's it's this is a conversation that's not going to go away. Um, you know, it, uh, two weeks from now, three weeks from now, I think this might be around for a while, which is a good thing.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and you know. Um, and so, and, and conversely, I mean, I think there's a lot of blowback, especially. And I think I again, I sound like an old codger. I know sometimes, <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of blowback from younger people about, you know, Michael Jordan and, and what he did and did not do, you know, uh, when he had the stage and had the microphone, uh, you know, the 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 not literal microphone, but right. he the figurative microphone. Um, and you know what, it's okay if you don't want to say anything. I, I, I'm old enough now that I understand that everybody has to live in their own skin, yeah. okay? <laughs> you can't live in my skin, I can't live in yours. I can't, you know, make you care or not care about the things that I care about. And if people, if there are people who are, who just don't feel comfortable speaking out on these things, that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay, but I'm not going to condemn those who do want to have a say and do want to have a discussion about it, um, so, uh, yeah, that, it, it's fine. I mean, it, it's, it, I think it's great that these guys are, are taking the time to learn the issues. Um, Chris Paul, uh, you know, when he got the Manny Jackson Award along with Jalen Rose, uh, um, you know, last week, and, and, it was, and, and also Tubby Smith, and it was great. I mean, those guys really, you know, have made a point of understanding the to your point of learning about these issues. And and being more informed and being more up to date on these things and and I can't you know it does it does my heart good to see these young men be willing to to speak out and not listen to agents and marketers and things like that because they they're moved by these things and that uh, and to me that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, I think there's another interesting point too um, about these conversations, guys. I remember when I first walked into the Indiana Pacers locker room to cover the Pacers about 16, 17 years ago. um, And I remember how many stunning conversations that were going on amongst the players about very mature, very grown up things that nobody among the media would touch. Like we would be in there and we would be immersed in these conversations, but we've never written about them the way Mm -hmm. people write about them now and the way, they're part of the sports dialogue now. And that's why I think guys like Michael Jordan and players of his era, they get a bad rap for not stepping up or saying more or doing more at a time when, let's be honest, you didn't have the environment that was conducive to that at -hmm. the time. It just was a different time. And I think the enlightening and kind of the, uh, the awakening of these current players is what really makes me happy to see that some of those real grown-up conversations that we've had in locker rooms time after time over these years are finally kind of bubbling to the top and coming out and sparking a larger discussion. Um,
2: Don't you think social media is a big part of that? I do.
1: I really do. And D, I wonder if you think the same, that the the media environment now where the players have so much control over their voice and what's said maybe plays into that as well, just about the types of dialogue and conversations we're having around sports today that we maybe didn't have as recently as – Ten, you know, twelve years ago.
0: No, no question, no question. I think that uh, the players um, really do uh, have much more control over their brand, which I know again is sort of a cliche, but but does have some truth to it. And and you can tell the guys who are very active on social media, and the guys that really make a point of of. Um, of uh, speaking um about everything on their social media platforms who don't hide and, and who really control it. Um you know I think LeBron's a great example of that. I think LeBron has been incredibly um outspoken uh the last few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going back to the to the hoodies, you know, with Trayvon mm-hmm. Martin. I mean they, they they've they've used social media to really um make their points, get their points of view across. And I think there's no question that, that players coming into the league now have almost an expectation that they are going to control their message. Now, it's not going to be farmed out to the team, and it's certainly not going to be farmed out to us <laughs> in the right. media. so um, they're going to control it. You know they're going to do what they want to do, and um, uh, and, and there's an empowering aspect to it. Um, you, you do you do. Wonder and hope that they understand that you know that, that it 's a two way street though because you know if you do get in trouble um, you do, you know that 's when you probably need somebody who 's a professional to help you <laughs> out and kind of navigate you through it um, we 've seen some examples of that as well where they didn 't take that advice so um, you know you got you have to be careful, but no question. I think the players are empowered um, and feel like they uh, have a understanding and and they uh, expectation that they're going to be in control of their of their media uh, reputation.
1: Yeah, right. It's, a, it's a, it really is an interesting conversation, Da, and and we appreciate you, David Aldridge, the Hall of Famer, joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. We've given us a few minutes of I know your precious downtime here before training camps kick off in a couple of weeks. Um,
2: I have one last question for Da. Um, yeah. Were you worried during your speech you were going to cry and become a meme?
0: yeah <laughs> crying Da. Well, you know. <laughs> You know what's funny is that, um, uh, two, well, before I went to Rio, we had the Black Journalist Convention in D.C., And right. I knew they were giving, I knew I was getting one award. And at that award, I didn't cry at all. And then they surprised me with an award <laughs> that I didn't know was coming. And I cried like a baby. <laughs> I just <laughs> totally lost it because I, I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> and, and I think the fact that I knew this was coming helped me a lot. They dim the house at, at on Thursday, so you, it wasn't totally dark, but it was. It made it easier to talk because you you know you couldn't see everybody's faces, yeah. um, so that helped. I got you know when I started talking about my parents, I, I could feel it yeah. welling up, but I was able to. It, it didn't it didn't overpower me over like I thought it might. I I was I thought it might you know totally break down, but no, I didn't, and I was I was surprised. I thought uh, yes, I thought it'd be a mean. Uh, <laughs> and thankfully, thankfully, I'm not a meme. At least for not not for now, not for that, anyway.
1: So. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, Da, listen, it was it was a pleasure to watch the ceremony and to see you uh, be honored the way you were. You know, you're, you're dealing with two guys, obviously, who have worked with you and have enjoyed it to the fullest, and uh, we appreciate what you've done, what you continue to do, and what you'll do in the future. To pave the way for guys like us in this business, man, we appreciate it so much and uh, enjoy these last few days uh, before the the monster throws us back mm-hmm. in the belly. Here, it's coming.
0: Well, no, I, guys, I appreciate it and I I love working with you guys. You guys are doing great work, and um, you know it's a great it's a great uh, great time of the year. Um, and yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be. Well, are you guys doing? Well, I should I don't know if I should ask about. It. Are you doing the bus again this year?
2: That's a t- we have a phone call after. We That's to, a touchy after, subject. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We're not doing. Apparently, we're not doing one big trip, but we're doing a lot of little trips.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting.
0: Okay, uh, well, I love the bus, and I want. I hope you get to do several bus trips. That
1: yes. was that stuff was great. Yes, we got to get you on it. We're we're trying to up our game. We got to get some Hall of Famers on the bus with us. So. David,
2: <laughs> usually, I, I usually don't miss a chance to make a joke about something, but I I meant what I said on Twitter that uh, I would, I'm proud and. Honored to have worked with you through the years, and uh, Seiko and I were both thrilled to to see you go into the hall. Yeah, it's awesome stuff. Man.
0: No, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. It, it meant, means a lot coming from you, and I really, I really uh, was really moved by all the kind words that, that I've heard the last couple weeks. It means a lot.
1: That's awesome. Thanks, D. A. We'll see you soon, man. All right, guys. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. You know, it it takes. Dave, having David Aldridge on the podcast for us to have the most mature conversation <laughs> we've, <laughs> the most grown up conversation we've had in months. It's probably um,
2: no, probably no coincidence that Rick Fox wasn't on. the podcast <laughs>
1: <there>. <laughs> Just throwing Rick under the bus. Um, but no, it, it's not often we work. You know, we get a chance to properly, you know, appreciate people who have done tremendous work. You know, in whatever field, and I, I felt like. This Hall of Fame ceremony from Shaq and, and AI to DA and everybody else, Cheryl Swoops that was involved, it was just a hell of a Hall of Fame class, like. Right. Absolutely it was. what the felt, Hall of Fame's supposed to be about. I felt old. Yes, I do I, and listen, <laughs> and I feel old for a number of reasons. Mostly because Shaq and I I think are the same age. Yeah. Um, but also because we're at the stage now, like where we're watching guys' careers from their from the start to finish in terms of their playing careers, which is very – it's strange to me. Kobe coming and going in my lifetime um, on the court, you know. Before when we first start, you know, when you first start covering the league, the veterans have been in the league. They're guys you watched maybe growing up when you were a kid. Right. And now we're watching guys go from teenagers, you know, to the – I mean, I can't get over LeBron and D-Wade and these guys – all being in the league as long as they have, I remember when they first got in; it was unbelievable. So,
2: right, um, I, I, it's it's strange to me to see. I think this year was the turning point for me because now it's going from guys who I like when like Shaq was there when I started covering the NBA, and some of these other guys were already established. And and from that now on, it's going to be guys who I've watched come in and yeah. and. I've seen them come, and I'm seeing them go now. I know. And uh, I think this year was was the turning point for me. Yeah, it's very interesting.
1: Speaking of the Hall of Fame, uh, our friends at NBA Lang gave viewers an all-access look last weekend of, of the just unbelievable basketball extravaganza that went on in Springfield. And uh, we'd like to share that right quick with all the listeners here on the Hangtime Podcast. You can always win another... Championship, but you can only go in the Hall of Fame one time.
3: The family that I am now a part of—it's bigger than me. It's bigger than each individual.
0: This is quite an honor, and it's certainly not something that I ever anticipated as a, as a kid growing up.
3: we a part of it. Part of the NBA family. The Rockets.
0: He has been elected to the class of 16 as a player by the International Committee, Yao Ming. This is a moment my fans and my family
1: and friends can share with each other because we always believe.
2: It's a great moment all my family's here. Long
3: time coming. I like to think all at once before me that inspired me. day he come into the league, I was blessed to see him first. It's unbelievable, the career is over, and now he's in a new career, and we're still working together. When
1: you've competed, and you've played at this level, and you've participated, there's nothing like it. Um, I'm I'm a little upset. AI didn't thank us. Uh,
2: <laughs> he might still be. He might still be. <laughs> thank him. Uh, his his, his it speech awesome. kind of yeah, turned into just you know, shouting out people by the end of it, because he had so many people to thank. Oh, yeah.
1: We talked about it before, though. I knew if anybody was going to have crocodile tears during the Hall of Fame ceremony, it was going to be Allen Iverson. I, I yeah. love how emotional he's always been. He's always been a guy that played with his heart on his sleeve, so to speak, horrible cliche, I know. But, I mean, he's always been that guy that you would expect to be in that moment. And, uh, and I thought it was fantastic. The fact that he showed up late.
2: And <laughs> that was great. <laughs> he showed up
1: with his hair braided somewhat. <laughs> and, and when he went to thanking his – Everybody, but especially as kids, man, it was just that's magic stuff. It's really you know, unbelievable moments in guys' lives, and to be able to, you know, to, to witness it the way we do now with all of the access we have. Um, shouts to NBAE for fantastic, um, you know, behind the scenes. Listen to all these guys. Uh, what what for a lot of them is is one of the biggest moments in their lives. Obviously, being yeah. in, inducted into the smith Memorial Hall of Fame. So. Big shouts to our man David Aldridge, the Hall of Famer, joining us this week, helping us get through a grown-up episode here of the Hangtime Podcast. Um, we need Rick back so we can get back to our normal.
2: Um, I think he's gonna. The, I, I know what he's getting involved with, and I think he's gonna be pretty quickly done with it when he's here in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say what it is, but yeah, I, would be, I
1: wouldn't let the uh, I wouldn't let TV. it out just yet. But it sh- it'll be on me, TV eventually. Yes, when it, when it comes out, we will have we will have fun at his expense. Um, And again, shout out to everybody for joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. We'll you see you next time. Later.
0: Thanks. Thanks. for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. To download more episodes, visit the iTunes Music Store and be sure to check out the Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And as always, say Matata.